Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Scottish refereeing is again under the spotlight after some pretty dodgy decisions, you would have to say. Dundee United's Callum Butcher was yellow-carded on Sunday for an X-rated challenge on Celtic's David Turnbull. Today he was told he'll face a disciplinary panel on Thursday. And I think we know, Stephen Cragen, where it's going to go from here. Well, this is the whole point of having the laws of the game. I understand there's little bits and pieces where they can't get involved if a yellow card shown, but surely player safety has to come into it. I think Callum Butcher himself, looking at the tackle, will realise it was a horrendous tackle. David Turnbull has done really well not to have a serious injury after that. So player safety has to be looked at. Players must be protected. And if you're going to raise your studs and make a tackle as high as that, then you have to be punished. There's lots of talk about VAR at the moment. A glance at a TV screen on Sunday would surely have got that butcher decision right. But what about full-time refereeing, Craig Moore? Is that the way to go? That's the way forward, Rob. Um, for me, if you're going to go down VAR, it is definitely coming uh, into the game. You need to have full-time referees. Uh, for me, that brings accountability as well. Uh, and that's something that has to be introduced. So VAR, implement it, but it does cost money. You need to do it correctly. Yeah, just confirmation that Dundee United midfielder Callum Butcher has been charged by the Scottish FA following that challenge on David Turnbull on Sunday. Referee was Don Robertson. Uh, he booked Butcher for uh, catching Turnbull on the shin, just to the side of the knee. Uh, studs up, uh, contact made, uh, a lunge uh, during uh, United's 3-0 defeat at Tannadice. Uh, Butcher now issued with a fast-track notice of complaint after a panel of three former referees deemed the incident red card worthy. Uh, so he, he faces a hearing on Thursday. he just returned from a two-match suspension. Uh, he came on as a second-half substitute against Celtic. He was only on a matter of minutes, uh, having been sent off, of course, for that uh, clash with uh, Christian Ramirez of Aberdeen at Tannadice um, last month. The, a change... Now, th this is interesting because... Uh, we were talking on the show last night, and I, I was suggesting that it couldn't, it, that the decision couldn't be changed yeah. because it had been dealt with on the pitch, yeah. and that, that that was the old rule. Wasn't That's what it? I was talking about at the start of the yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but there, there's apparently now a change to the disciplinary rules, uh, which it, which means compliance officer Andrew Phillips. We just found out on the show last night who the compliance officer was. He's obviously been quiet for a while. <laughs> um, Andrew Phillips has the power to pursue greater punishments for incidents dealt with by the match officials at the time. It does make you think back and wonder whether that Funso Ojo incident uh, could have been reviewed. Yeah. Possibly that yeah. was a yellow card that, read, that led to a red card. It was obviously everybody agreed ultimately that that, that was the wrong the wrong one that one wasn't that one wasn't reversed I know there was a lot of talking done mm -hmm. about that Aberdeen made big representations to the Scottish FA that that decision stayed where it was but obviously in this case uh, they they can change it they found a way to change it and it and it will be changed and you would imagine Krugs he's going to get a pretty hefty ban this time well he is Callum Davidson uh, sorry Callum Butcher is a player who plays the game on the edge 
you know, when you go in for, you know, you watch him get in for tackles sometimes, you think, you know, if he hadn't got the ball or he'd been a split second later, he could have been in trouble. And I think when you watch him play, that's how he is. You know, he makes lots of tackles. He's a midfield player. He uses his body. He's always nibbling at things. When you always see him getting booked early on in the game, you think, you could go, you could easily go the rest of the game. Another one I look at is Alexander Gogic of, of, of Hibs. Hibs. Another one, Alan Power, another one who, mm. you know, they snap into tackles and, you know, they put themselves on, on the line. But that tackle alone has to be dealt with. You know, we're trying to stamp out uh, physicality and endangering flair players and players who impact games and late games up. David Turnbull certainly is that. There's ways of stopping them. That certainly isn't one way of stopping them. So I think the SFA have to make some sort of statement on this kind of tackle to say this can't happen. A one or two game ban I don't think stands enough. You know, no. something has to be done more serious to make sure these kind of tackles are eradicated from the game. Yeah, and I mean, what he's effectively saying to, to the Scottish authorities is, you've just banned me for two games. Mm -hmm. Here, Here's what I think of that suspension. Here's how that's affected me. Here's the discipline I'm showing now on the back of having been banned for a couple of games. He's mm -hmm. lunging in. And with every rerun, Craig, it, it looked worse and worse, didn't it? it? And had David Turnbull's foot not moved, he was in big bother. Yeah, well, I think um, for David Turnbull, obviously having his foot the, uh, not stuck to the ground mm -hmm. uh, obviously saves him the excessive force uh, also uh, if there's any force there that, that, that is a leg breaking challenge over the ball um, and, and more importantly Rob as you touch on he's just come back from suspension he's just come on off the bench and once again he's let his teammates down mm -hmm. he's let his coach down he's let the club down um, so but he's, I, all, he's also having a laugh at the authorities isn't he well, they'll be having a laugh when they when they go through this procedure and protocol in terms of you know what suspensions may may come and at some stage they they will set an example. Um, Craig's, I don't know when it's going to be. Is this the one? Yeah. Because we had the, you know the Porteous challenge, uh, I think at Ibrox as well, where it's it's over the ball. It's the t it's for me. It's a tackle when that that studs go over the ball. You're putting your you know your opponent safety at, at huge risk and, and and that needs to be cut out of the game you're asking for trouble the minute you go and you raise your studs at any level over the top of the ball i mean that caught the inside of david turnbull's knee mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. he must have known himself i'm in trouble here or what goes through his mind because it's not as if he's tackling a player who is wanting to tackle him back you know he's basically a sitting duck david turnbull's trying to get past him and he's just going to leave one on him i understand going to leave one on him and trying to you know trip him up but you cannot raise your foot to the level that he did and not expect excessive punishment. There'll be people listening who will be saying, oh, this is rich coming from uh, Craig Moore and Stephen yeah. Craig. Yeah. And they, I was they put touch a, on that. They put a, in a few feral tackles yeah. over the years, but of course things have changed. The rules have changed. Yeah, they, no, they have. And we were talking uh, offline there as well. And, you know, we were involved in, in many, many tackles um, when the game was different. But again, if, you, if you're going and you're going with your studs, Rob, um, for me, that, that focus was still always to get your contact on the ball. Um, it was allowed back in those days. Um, but nowadays, you know, it's completely um, not allowed. And I totally get that because, again, you know, player welfare safety is the most important thing. But the naughty challenges are the ones that, you know, where people can go over the ball because they break legs and, and can end careers, let's be honest. What did you think about that Callum Butcher tackle? What uh, punishment should he get uh, when he goes before that disciplinary panel? On Thursday, what do you think about VAR? Lots of talk about it being implemented, but maybe not by the sounds of it in time for the start of next season. What what would it mean if it was implemented midway through uh, next season? And what and what about 
uh, what Craig's been talking about right at the top of the show, full-time refereeing. Uh, would our referees be more accountable at that point? If you paid them on a full-time basis, you could expect better standards of, of refereeing. What do you think uh, about any of that? Uh, Rangers at the weekend, 3-0 against Dundee, Celtic 2-0 at Tannadice. European games upcoming on Thursday, Celtic at home to Betis, Rangers in France to play Lyon. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join the football chat and talking about that game in France Rangers say uh, today more breaking news for you that they've been left in an almost impossible situation after a late U-turn by the French government that allows travelling fans now to attend Thursday's uh, Europa League game in Lyon it comes less than 24 hours we were talking about it on the show last night after the Ibrox club who'd been allocated around 2,200 tickets were told away fans were not permitted at the last group game uh, due to stretched police resources Rangers say the situation continues to cause uncertainty and frustration with many supporters having cancelled their flights and or accommodation uh, the club having cancelled their corporate flight on Monday, which can't be rearranged, are working with travel partners to discover if they intend to provide travel to the game. So all, all the fans who yesterday were scrambling around looking for some sort of compensation because they'd splashed out, Craig, to, mm. to go to France are probably now trying to scrap the cancellation, see if the travel is still on, see if they can get there and, and get into the game. It's a complete shambles, isn't it? Absolute disaster. Uh, but, un, you know... Unfor- for you, you mean? Unfortunately, well, yeah, for <laughs> me, as, for me as well. I was heading out there as well. <laughs> it's a disaster, you know. It put Rangers, I think, in a really awkward uh, situation. Uh, nothing to do with uh, themselves. Obviously, the French government uh, have come out with um, the rules yesterday that there was no travel and then uh, and flipped it a day later. So, for me, really crazy situation um, yeah a lot of a lot of people having to cancel flights cancel accommodation maybe some the lucky ones weren't able to cancel uh, yeah. and therefore their bookings have been kept and they're able to go and uh, and support the team um, and go and watch the game like they originally planned but a really crazy situation. Are you out of pocket? Do you want us to have a wee whip round for you? <laughs> I was just looking forward to the trip. I'm disappointed I can't go because... And I, you would have been able to see us over there as well because oh, we, were, yeah. we were all going to Brilliant. be heading over but for But do you know what the bigger picture is? Initially, um, or the reason with the, the police presence is an annual event. Yep. So when the draw was made, the annual event was on that mm-hmm. date. So they must have knew back then if there was going to be an issue with police or, or police resources, they would have known when the draw happened. It didn't just appear last week, the week before, and think, oh, you know, we've just remembered we have this big event that we have every single year we've had yeah. for years on end. It's you incredible, know, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, so that should be looked at. But then you have to look and think, if there's compensation to come from somewhere, mm. it has to come from the stupidity of how they have dealt with the situation. I mean, I would imagine a lot of Rangers fans that have said, stuff it, no tickets, we can't get in, we're going anyway. Yeah. Mm. It, I think probably very similar to the Celtic fans when they went to Betis. Mm-hmm. They weren't allowed inside the stadium, so they were in the bars and the pubs. Yeah. So the Rangers fans are going to be on the streets watching the game outside when the game's gone on. So they thought, well, if they're going to come anyway, mm. we might as well let them into the ground so they can watch the game. So uh, it just uh, it's been amusing from you know from the first minute to the last. In fact, last week it was on, was it Saturday? It was off, and it's back on today. It's just it's pushing the boundaries absolutely. So if you've been caught up. In all of that, give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. Did you try to get some money back? Have you been able to uh, rearrange your travel? Uh, are you still going to get to the game? Uh, two days away from Lyon against Rangers. It's a 5.45 kickoff on Thursday. And after that, Celtic play Real Betis 
at uh, Celtic Park. Craig, you were at Rangers 3, Dundee 0 mm -hmm. on Saturday. What yes. sort of team are they going to be sending out um, in France? Look, good question. Um, obviously, they're, um, you know, in terms of the group stages, they're, they're, they're going to progress anyway. Um, so I think Giovanni will have an opportunity, Rob, to, to maybe you know, get some, some minutes into players um, that he wants to get up to a certain level. I, I don't expect wholesale cha changes, but I think there will be an opportunity for a few to come in. Um, Gio's done a wonderful job. It's been a long time, uh, I think, where I've sat and, and watched Rangers play at home and, and been comfortable from first minute to the end. It was very measured. It was very controlled. Um, a lot different in terms of the way Giovanni's looking to play with the same formation, but different changes to that formation in terms of the way he wants to go about things from Steven Gerrard's time. And it's shades of Dick Advocat. Very much so. Um, you know, five players to, to protect, construct, build, and, and five players to go and express themselves, create goals, score goals. Um, it just, for me, offers a lot more balance. Um, defenders now are, are first and foremost, Rob, defenders. You know, so you're looking at, I'm not saying that Tavernier or Barisic can't get forward. It's when they arrive, it's the timing, it's picking the moment, but they're both not arriving at the same time. So there's that balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, and now in terms of the further forward players in the wider areas, which was previously the fullbacks, it's Kent, it's Hadji. It's actually attacking players in those positions. Um, and the two tens have been replaced by uh, two of the midfielders, you know, because the, the, the three in the midfield has been one solo six and the two midfielders playing higher up, which is basically what the, the attacking players for Rangers were playing. So I, I look at Rangers and I think they've got more options and are more attacking at this moment in time. Most importantly, I think there's a better structure and defensively, they're better organised. But also I think players like change. Yeah. Players like things mm. freshened up. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why when you come back for pre-season, you, you, you speak to experienced managers, they always try and change something. Even if it's in around the dressing room, whether it's a different tactic or a different message the player gets. Maybe last year as a fullback, you were allowed to overlap. This year, you're going to, you know, just something where players think, yeah. oh, this is different, yeah. it's fresh. And Rangers haven't had that for three and a half years. They've had the same system and the same message, which has been fine. It won them one league. It won them one title out of nine. And some people say the first the first three probably a little bit unjust because Brendan Rodgers' side was so strong. I get that. You know, but they, they could and should have won more trophies. They were a bit one-dimensional at times, mm -hmm. you would think. Mm -hmm. You know, very um, predictable as in mm -hmm. how they were going to play. Yep. Win, lose or draw, they'd have changed the sub. You know, sub for you know, sub for sub, play the exact same role, exact you know, exact same position. So, what you've noticed in Giovanni van Bronckhorst's first four games is players playing different roles, different systems. It's not a, way, a different system, though, know, Craig's. It's well, not a different because it's still a four-three-three. Yeah, it's just players but, have got but, different roles within with that formation. Yeah, yeah, but with a twist to it, which makes you think, well, this is different, new. I have something to learn. It's, yeah. it's a new role. Yeah, yeah. Which is clearly getting the best yeah. out of the players. Wingers want to be wingers, fullbacks. Of course, they want to overlap and get forward, but more selective. Spot on what you're saying. So. It will be interesting to see when they go to Tancastle what it's going to be like, when they mm. go to Celtic Park what it's going to be like, mm -hmm. when they go to Pataudry, mm -hmm. when that's their next three away games. Three of Rangers' traditionally toughest league games of the season they've got in the next six games. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what kind of system, or not what kind of system, what kind yeah. of message he gives to the players. And he seems to be tweaking it that little bit differently each game, Craig, d depending on what he's up against. Mm. Yeah, well, again, he's he manages the game. You know, so for example, if, if they're comfortable in a game, then you'll see a lot of the substitutions will be attacking-minded. Mm -hmm. uh, but whereas, in, you know, if you potentially need to protect the game, he'll he'll go and he'll manage that to make sure that they get the three points. I, I think, again, another really important thing to 
uh, to touch on is um, defensively obviously being a lot better. Haven't been conceding goals, so therefore they're not chasing games. Consider one and four, haven't they? You know, uh, yeah. three clean sheets. Mm. Uh, so these are things that, that, that build confidence and also a great platform to go and not only win football matches, but then go and win comfortably, Robin. And that's exactly what I've seen against Dundee um, at the weekend. Uh, and I feel that there's, there's actually a lot of growth still in this football team. Mm. Well, it's not bad if you can improve the team uh, defensively and an attack at the yeah. same time. They're, you know, more attacking menace, more solid defensively. Everyone would want that. But it's sometimes difficult to achieve both at the same time, isn't it? In such a short space of time, considering he will have had minimal time on the training pitch. Now, you listen to Ralph Rangnick talking about after joining Manchester United. How quickly. And they're saying, you know, you haven't got a lot of time. He said, there's different ways. We can do it one-on-one. -on -one. We can do it in the group session. We can work with the defence. We can work in midfield. We can do video analysis. We can walk through in the pitch. We can do the tactics board. Mm -hmm. Absolutely spot on. Just because you're not on the training pitch running about, you know, sweating and, you know, and, and covering, you can still give players information in different ways. And all players will learn differently. I used to ask the young players, which way do they learn? Visually, is it better to see it on a tactics board? Do they, would they rather be on a pitch and see it or do they learn it from being video analysis? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, every individual is different. Every individual is different. So the key is how quickly you find out what is the best way for that player or that group of players to learn yeah. and take information on board. And I think that's, not to say that's where the game's changed, but yeah, that's yeah. where a lot of the time goes. It's not as much on the pitch anymore. Mm -hmm. It's about how you can get the message across to your players and show them examples in video analysis yeah. and just reaffirm your message. And with, with that, Rob, you, you know, it normally does take time. Ralph Ragnick come out and said he was absolutely stunned or, you know, really impressed with how quickly the players adapted to what he was looking for. And that's a press that people are saying that in terms of their organised press, the lack of press that Man United have had all season. So within one game and very limited time, they'd won the ball in the opponent's half more times than they've won all season, yeah. 12 times. So good players with different information can adapt very, very quickly. Talking football till seven on Glasgow's own. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go! You're wondering how long I'm going to let that music run I before I say a little, little bit of a bounce I, to I was, the music. I, I, was, uh, I was actually wondering myself. Uh, Champions <laughs> League uh, is back tonight. European football, of course, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so some good sounding games tonight, but of course, some of them are, well, they're all final group games. So uh, they vary in terms of importance. Uh, Craigs, this is where you glaze over because I'm going to run through the Champions League yeah. games and then oh. you tell me that Glentoran are yeah. playing tonight. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> It's actually Lauren against Bali. No, it's not Lauren. It is. It's uh, Warren Point against. Someone. Anyway, anyway, Warren anyway. Point Dungan. Aye, okay, That's okay, right. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Um, anyway, Craig, I'll, I'll talk to you. That's about um, PSG against Bruges, uh, Leipzig against Man City, Porto Atletico Madrid. I'm just sorting out your viewing for later on. Uh, Milan against Liverpool. Ajax against Sporting, Borussia Dortmund, Besiktas, Real Madrid, Inter Milan. There's some really juicy games tonight, but uh, you'll tell me, of course, which no, of these no. matter and which don't. Shakhtar wow. Donetsk against Sheriff Tiraspol. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of great games in there, but you look at, so PSG, Man City, they're, they're already through, aren't they, in their, in their, in their groups? So I was just trying to have, have a look at the, the, the groups there. Um, but look, there's some wonderful games there always mm. is. You know, Milan, Liverpool, a, a fantastic match. Yeah. You know, you look at the history between those two clubs, uh, the Great Cup final. But again, Liverpool uh, have won five out of five. It just The group came up earlier on that I think Milan and... Is it Milan, Port, is it Milan Porto and Atletico Madrid? That's, that's yeah. the teams. Yes. Whereas I think Milan have... Put, one team is four, two teams have five points. Liverpool have 15. 
So Liverpool play AC Milan, so there. Yeah, yeah. So whoever wins in those games, so there's something on it for other teams, but not always for the teams that have qualified. And I understand people say, well, you know, for the good of the game, you have to play your strongest team. Oh, well, Jurgen Klopp, for example, is going to be judged on winning the Premier League and making sure his players are fit for the weekend. So he's going to pick his team according to what he needs for games moving forward. So yeah. it's a difficult one for the managers who are in the driving seat with regards to what's going on, which means you flip it back to Rangers and Celtic on Thursday. Mm. You know, Ange Postecoglou and Giovanni van Bronckhurst have the right to pick whatever team they like. Yes. You know, because Celtic are in Europe after Christmas in the conference and Rangers uh, are in the Europa League after Christmas. They have so many games between now and the 2nd of January. I think after this, after Thursday, Celtic have seven, Rangers have six. Celtic have, have got a cup final. So yeah, yeah. they can't afford to run the risk with any player. So it'll be interesting to see what lineups they have on Thursday night. Celtic in particular with... A few injuries obviously coming yeah. uh, in in, re in recent matches, uh, Rob. But basically, out of all the Champions League groups, there's only one where there's really something at stake tonight. Mm. Uh, in terms of, you know, I think it's, I knew you were going to come up G. with the analysis of this uh, eventually. Group, group G, you know, you're looking at uh, Lille atop uh, on eight points, Salzburg seven, Sevilla Seville sorry six, and Wolfsburg five. So that's really the only group that mm. there's all to play but, for. Everyone else can sort of like chop and change yeah. with their squads a little but bit. But Rangers have a a very interest in this because they will play what a third place team in the Champions League won't yeah. they as well yeah, yeah. So, so there's something on for Scottish football tonight yeah it's the Champions League drop down teams isn't it into the Europa League uh, uh, last 32 which is yeah. where which we're, which is where Rangers are heading talking of Rangers uh, Rangers fan Scott is with us now Craig Moore Stephen Craig and Rob McLean in the studio and Scott uh, hello there Hi guys, how you doing? Yeah, good Hi, thanks, Scott. how are you? I'm not bad, yeah. Um, I just kind of want to talk about the whole ticket cancellation and mm. non-cancellation thing. I was booked to go to France and then it got cancelled and obviously you get non-refundable flights and things. So I think I'm not. I'm, I'm obviously not alone. But then I've been on again and I'm trying to book again. So I'll probably end up missing out. I'm at 200, 300 quid in a couple weeks just before Christmas. Mm. Obviously not great so I think something needs to be done whether it's the French government or Lyon or Rangers or someone I think needs to take fans in consideration about reimbursing flights and accommodation things like that so, you, so you've lost two or three hundred quid already that's you're not getting that back Scott no that's include that's like flights that were cancelled as well as booking again so that kind of mm. I'll, I'll add up that's about two hundred three hundred quid and I don't work a lot Mm -hmm. and I'm still a student at uni so that's, yeah. that's a lot of money basically it's a sore one Craig isn't it no it really and, and, and as Scott touched on this this time of year um, you know to be well, to be losing money at any time of year is, is not great um, it's been a, a really poorly handled situation uh, unfortunately for, for Rangers um, there wasn't a great deal that they can do but Scott I'm sure they'll be doing um, their utmost to, to try and make sure that they can look after people like yourself and, and a lot of other uh, people that have obviously made that investment to look to try and get out there and support the football club. Where that's going to come from, Rob, at this, at this moment in time, uh, we don't know. Mm. Uh, but hopefully, uh, you know, there can be some form of compensation, uh, something that can be arranged so that the supporters um, certainly don't miss out uh, and, and, and more importantly, are not out of pocket. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about this, Craig, right at the top of the yeah. show. Who takes, who takes who responsibility? Takes responsibility? Well, it's supposed to question to Scott is, Scott, were you on a chartered flight or were you on a scheduled flight? Because you'd imagine a scheduled flight would still be going if it was going somewhere in France. Or were you on a chartered flight that the no, club had organised? It was a chartered thing organised by Rangers that's now been cancelled. So, and, I don't, and I don't think there's a lot of... I, I, think they're I think I got an email saying they're trying to refund 
but obviously they don't know because it's them who would have booked with the travel companies and things like that. You like to think whoever booked the charter, there would be some sort of insurance mm-hmm. for uh, if, if, if something this time, particularly this time within COVID times, you'd imagine there'd yeah. be some sort of way that the fans who have got with the charter. Because mm-hmm. if you book with EasyJet or you book with Ryanair to go to Germany and get a train down or a bus down or whatever yeah. it may be, you'd like to think that would still be going still, ahead. That, so, that would still be in place. So, Scott, so was that the, the nine o'clock flight on Wednesday morning? Yeah, it was a Thursday morning. Oh, was it a Thursday morning? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, just for the, the day trip thing. Yeah, well, I think, again, with that kind of thing, Craig, as you touch on, if, if it's a chartered flight and there's been, obviously, involvement with Rangers that have obviously facilitated that, then you would like to think that they'll come up with a with a solution where they can they can refund people that have made that mm-hmm. investment. Um, I don't know about the insurances and all that sort of stuff, but you're right, at this crazy moment in time, the life that we're, we're, we're leading, we know that changes can happen at the blink of an eyelid. So hopefully that's, that's all in place, mate, and... Um, yeah, not an ideal situation because it would have been fantastic to get out there and support your team. It's a ridiculous situation as well because it's all about resourcing, uh, police resourcing yeah. in Lyon on that particular night because there's a festival uh, ongoing. Festival of Light, it's called. Yeah, festival, festival of Light. Which, which, which is, which which is what I said earlier. Yeah. It's an annual event. Yeah. So they knew as soon as the draw was made, that game is the same time as our annual event that night or that week, whatever it may be. We may have problems. We need to flag this up ASAP to make sure that if Rangers... Because if they know anything about Rangers or anything about Celtic and teams that travel... Uh, certainly Scottish teams that travel abroad uh, in Europe, they travel in big numbers because they want to go and get away and enjoy themselves and, and, yeah, yeah. and they want to watch their team progress. And, and So they should have known that immediately or that should have been flagged up somewhere rather than a week before the decision being changed twice. They ups, you know, upset people losing money, costs and, and uh, going that way. So, you know, that's something that if it is that way, then surely that has to be reimbursed by the French government or somebody who's said, no, you can't go, cancel, yeah, you can go. You know, there has to be some way that Rangers can contact UEFA to deal with, you know, that's Leon or the French government, whatever it may be, because that, that can't be right that fans just lose money. Yeah. Let, let's hope, Scott, you, you'd get end up getting something of that back, some sort of compensation, uh, because as you see at this time of year, particularly... That is a that's a sore one. Um, would it cheer you up at all to talk about uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst and the start he's got off to as Rangers manager? Yeah, I think that I think that cheer me up because I think <laughs> I think it's from what I've obviously only four games and the obviously the Hibs game was a penalty that was can I, I wouldn't say hundred percent penalty. I think it was a penalty, but obviously performance wasn't great. But I still think I've seen more from our Geo team than I did from the rest of the season our Gerrard team. And I think, uh, to be honest, I wasn't 100% saying we'd win the league under Gerrard. But I think I'm a lot more confident with Gio in the dugout than I was with Gerrard. Do you agree with that, Craig? Look, again, it's um don't want to take away from what Stephen Gerrard uh, achieved at the football club um, because his, his remit was very clear um, and, and he was successful in, in the work that he carried out. Not often in football is a win-win situation, uh, but I believe that this was the situation. That the Rangers had a manager that there was speculation all the time about uh, who eventually was going to end up down south. That has happened. Um, Rangers were compensated, and I believe that Rangers have now got another manager um, who has um, a fantastic future ahead of him, who's, who's very astute, who's already shown what a, a really good job he can do, Rob. I, and I think Rangers are in a position where they can progress this squad once again. So, like Scott, like you touched on there, mate, I was starting to have my doubts. 
I, I felt a real flatness. Had it, had it gone stale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, nice. th there's no doubt about it. It had gone very, very flat. Um, Craig's touched on it early on in terms about the formation and, and, and teams, what they were expecting. Too predictable. Far too predictable. Um, and I think that this change has come at exactly the right time. And I expect bigger and better things to come from Rangers now. now the team had clearly lost an edge. There's no doubt about it. You know, and, and, and you can talk about, you know, it'll come back, we'll win a game, we'll do this. And, you know, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has brought an edge back to the team. There's no doubt about it. And, 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 you know, we said earlier, a new manager does that. You only have to look at Steven Gerrard's impact at Aston Villa. Yep. They had lost five in a row, looked dead in their feet, nothing in them. They've suddenly won three out of four since he went. They lost, yeah. and, and the game City, they lost the game was 2-1 against Man City. Yeah. So it's amazing how just new managers can come in and just suddenly change the mindset. People who didn't think they had a hope of playing suddenly have a hope of playing. They're energised again, the fans get up. You know, so sometimes things happen for a reason. And the reason Steven Gerrard left, because he was a bit flat. Even his interviews, he was a bit edgy on his interviews with regards to answers and questions. He wasn't content. The players looked a little bit bored, I've said previously. I thought it was like, here we go again. So things turn around. And it's amazing what kind of response you can get. What is it you see on the pitch, Scott, at the moment that makes you very sure that, that Rangers are heading for another title? I think it's just what the guys touched on, but different. It's different, but like good different. Because as they said, it was getting stale. We could... I could, if I can tell how we're going to play every game, pretty sure every single manager in the Premiership could tell we were going to play. It was four three three wingers inside, fullback width, and it's easy to stop that if you know what's going to happen. So I think we've seen fullbacks not be as go, not be as attacking, apart from maybe Tav because Hadri doesn't have the pace to be an out and out winger. But I think we've seen Barisic. I think Barisic's best performance in the Rangers jersey for a long time was just at the weekend. I thought he was probably best player in the park. And Joe Aribo in that 10 role was just gone to a different level. He's, he's probably my Rangers player of the season so far. And I think that momentum from a new manager bounce will push us on. And I think Hearts away, is it Hearts away this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's Geo's, I think that's a very tough game because Tynecastle isn't always, always a tough place to go. We get beat in the cup when they just get relegated or just about to get relegated. So Tynecastle away is always tough. And if we can go there and get three points, then I think it's massive for Gio and for the team to get uh, two wins from five games, both at Easter Road and Tynecastle. Joe Aribo, Craig, is the one Barry Ferguson picks out consistently at the moment oh, he, as the player he would least like to lose were Rangers to get rid of anybody yeah. in, the, in the transfer window. Look, for me, I just feel that um, in this business, every player has a price, Rob. Um, and potentially you could lose any of the players. I wouldn't be totally devastated, if I'm honest, that, that any player at Rangers moved on if it was the right business opportunity for the football club. I understand what Barry's saying about uh, Aribo in terms of he is a great talent. Uh, I still think there's a, there's a lot better to come uh, from Aribo. Technically very good. Physically, um, he's a great athlete. He very rarely loses the ball in tight areas. I still think he can execute better. But for me... If you are to lose a player, as long as the club are then in a position, which I believe they would be, to reinvest to bring somebody better in, I, I don't have an issue with any player leaving if it's the right thing for the club. We were saying on the show last night as well that, that there was that very impressive uh, succession plan when Stephen Gerrard went. It, it clicked into gear very quickly. Um, it was obviously... Uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst was the name on everyone's mm -hmm. lips immediately and it happened very quickly, didn't it? And, and you would imagine 
Craggs, that, that player-wise there would be that same succession plan for any position, be it Conor Goldson mm-hmm. or, or be it Joe Reeb or be it anyone else who disappeared in January? Well, there has to be because you know Rangers have, uh, have made it known for a while that they may have to sell one or two. That is their business model. So when you know you may have to sell one or two of your best players, you have to have a plan B of who you're going to bring in or who's going to fill that gap or fill that void. It either has to come from below, from the youth players or the academy coming up, uh, or you maybe have to go out and invest a little bit more. You have to look at free transfers. And that's what the likes of Ross Wilson has done. You know, he's brought in Scott Wright. I still think there's an awful lot more to come from Scott yep. Wright. Uh, he's brought in Jack Simpson, who really hasn't fitted in at the minute. No. You know, unfortunately. But, you know, Joe Rebo was probably in before Ross Wilson came in, but he, he came in in a free transfer. So, you know, there's ways of doing it and, and, and there's money you have to spend. But you'd like to think that Rangers have their finger on the pulse, as will Celtic. You know, these clubs will understand if clubs come calling and offer big money, the club probably have to accept and they, you know, they have to move on. But um, I think they want to try and hold them or try and get as best value as they possibly can. I think that's the key to it. Scott, do you see Celtic as much more of a threat at the moment in the title race than you would have done right at the start of the season? Yeah, I think everyone does. I think you look at players like, I don't like praising them, but you look at players like your Kyogos, <laughs> Jota, I think that Abadas, he's hot and cold, but when mm-hmm. he's on it, I think he's a good player. Callum McGregor, obviously, I think he's stepped up a different level. I'm, st- I still think their defence is questionable. I think that car, I think Starfelt is he caught, he's came on to the game recently, but mm-hmm. I still think he's a bit lightweight for Scottish football. Mm-hmm. And Carl Vickers is a good player, but he'll be away in the summer. I don't think they'll get him permanently. So yeah, I think from Celtic, I think it, it's definitely more of a challenge. Then I thought we were going to get, but I do think I was just on touching on what they were talking about the transfer window as well. I think the only player that's been linked to a move that I would probably let go is probably shocked you, but it's probably Morelos because I think Roof. If we if you take Morelos out and put Roof in, I don't think as much of a difference. I think under Gerard there would have been because he's he drops deep links to play that kind of thing that Gerard liked him to do. I think Gio looks from a penalty box striker, and I think Roof's a much better finisher than Morelos. I think that's what Gio's looking for in a striker more than anything. Correct. I think we take good money from Morelos as well. Yeah, well, again, like I said, I I wouldn't have any, uh, any concerns if if any player come January a transfer come in and it was uh, of a value that Rangers felt they couldn't refuse Rob uh, mm. because I think that all the players are replaceable. Mm. I really do. You know, the speculation around about Patterson, look, great player, great potential, um, still not played a huge number of games. There may come a time. And it might even be this window where he's like that, knocking on the door saying, I need to be playing, I'm not happy. Mm. Um, as long as Rangers then go and get the uh, the right money for the kid, no issue with it at all. Morelos, you know, if Morelos was to kick on and, 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 and do his business elsewhere, no surprise. I believe that there's players there. As Scott, you've touched on the roof. I also believe Sakala is going to grow and, and, and every game, every goal, more and more confidence from him. Um, so I'm, I'm not overly concerned about the transfer window any potential players departing because I'm confident that Rangers will be in a position. Craig's touched on it. Ross Wilson, I think, has done a fantastic job. He will have three, four potential players in every possible position and be ready to strike if that moment is needed. I'm overly concerned about Scott's bank account. I'm hoping he gets some money back after after his uh, after, 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 after your travel drama. But uh, hopefully you, you find your way there eventually um, and you enjoy it on Thursday night Scott alright cheers guys all the best cheers, Scott. cheers. cheers. cheers.
The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicenter.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go! Yeah, Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show. Craig Moore, Stephen Craig and Rob McLean at your service. 0808 17 17 700. If you want to join us, have some football chat, uh, make some allegations. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, voice your opinion, ask some questions, get involved basically with the, the football chat. We do it. Uh, we do it night after night. Uh, tonight, Morton against Inverness, Cali Thistle, Queen of the South against Cove Rangers, a couple of Scottish Cup third round replays and uh, the breaking news just before we came on air uh, was that uh, Callum Butcher, who was yellow carded um, at Tanadice on Sunday for that challenge of David Turnbull, um, he is going to face a Scottish FA disciplinary panel on Thursday. There's no doubt that's going to be uh, going through a colour change, that card, uh, from yellow to red. And having just come back from a two-game ban, you would imagine it's going to be a pretty stiff suspension he is going to face when uh, Scottish football disciplinarians finally get it right. It was a, an atrocious challenge in a game that finished 3-0 Celtic and could have been... Just about anything, scoreline-wise, uh, Celtic were so superior. It could have been something like 7 or 8 had they mm. taken all their chances in that game. Let's uh, speak to Sean, who's a Celtic fan. Hi, Sean. Hi, guys. How are you doing? We Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. We're well. What's on your mind? Um, you'll be, you'll, I, I guess you'll be pleased um, with that news, Sean, that, that Callum Butcher is going to get his comeuppance, if that be the right phrase. Um, no, definitely, yeah. yeah. But I'm just wondering, on the other hand, when is the referee going to um, face any a tribunal? Yeah, as I mean, well, I just because, w- yeah. In my opinion, a player has a moment of stupidity. It's a red card. He gets a three-match ban. A referee misses something blatant that could seriously have broken Turnbull's legs, mm-hmm. and all he'll get is a slap in the wrist. And yeah. you, you can just referee a top-flight game. He should be demoted and probably referee the juniors. For the next couple of weeks. The the only reason I could think of at the time was that he was unsighted, that his line of sight, uh, he didn't see the severity of the challenge. But what I would quickly add to that is there's an assistant on that side who must have yep, been close absolutely. to the halfway line because that's where the ball was. And the fourth yep. official was there as well. So I think, you know, I'm not sure if I would blame Don Robertson until I knew the, f- the facts as to whether he did have a view of it. But, uh, but Craggs, you, you would have to think that, that one or two of his officials there could have helped him out. And they're a team of four for a reason. So they can miss minimal incidents. And that was a major one right in front of both dugouts. So both sets of players, or subs and managers, were looking right at it. You're right, the referee, uh, the fourth official, looking right at it. The referee's assistant on the ball. And that's where the referee, if there's such uh, commotion around the tackle, which there clearly was, I think that's where he has to take a breath. Rather than going for a yellow card, think, hold on a minute, something's going on, you know, I've missed something, I, I, I couldn't see it properly. Speak to the fourth official, speak to the assistant, did you see anything? I'm not. I just saw somebody going for the ball, and, I, I, you know, it's clearly a foul. How bad a foul was it? And the fourth official says, well, do you know what? He caught him high. Referee's assistant says he caught him high. Right, so you agreed it's a red card, it's a red card. There you go. Rather than just going yellow, without mm. even thinking about it. Because if he's given a yellow card, Rob, as quick as he did, that tells me, that he saw something. What he saw, I don't know. But to be as, as quick with the yellow card tells you that he needed a little bit of help. And, and clearly the fourth official, the referee's assistant, has to get involved. That's why there's four of them, mm. to try and cover as many aspects as they possibly can. 
And, so, and I need a little bit of time. You, you've got to take that time. You know, I think Craig's is a really good point in terms of um, just taking that little bit of extra time, take a breath, right? Let things breathe a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, obviously make sure that there's no um, any aggression between the players. You stop that first and foremost, then you go on, you can have that chat and come to, to the right decision because I, I think anybody that's seen that tackle um, have been, there's been no doubt. You know what I mean? So I think if you had that time, if he takes that time, if he then has those conversations, they come up with the right decision. Now, if he gets that red card and gets the right decision, you know, the the, the suspension job that we're we're talking about, or you're talking about, <laughs> in terms of you know uh, setting a benchmark or a mm. standard mm-hmm. to 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 stop these kind of tackles, we would still be in the same situation because we'd be waiting on a decision uh, how long that suspension would be for. Yeah. Well, Don Robertson needed help. Uh, Sean, but Celtic didn't need yep. any help on Sunday. Uh, they were absolutely magnificent, weren't they? And I mean, no, uh, I mean, what do, what do you what do you what do you reckon that score could have been if they snapped up all their chances? It's, it's the famous last words in a lot of games. If we just take their chances, mm. uh, it could have easily been six, seven, and that's not an exaggeration. No, it could easily have maybe even been double figures. We were absolutely excellent. I think it's the most complete ninety minutes. I think Celtic have had this season. They've yeah. had spells and games with it in the best game away Easter Road it was a good 45 minutes and yeah. then there was a dip I felt as if that was a, a full complete 90 minutes of total total domination I thought they were excellent and, and you looked at the, the, and first you, the last minute. yeah I know and, and you looked at the team sheet before and you thought oh no Jota who's maybe been Scottish football's best player yeah, in the fun. last <laughs> in the last six weeks no Tony Ralston who's been a constant in the team you know scoring goals creating goals uh, just being a big part of what Celtic have been doing, and you thought, I wonder, you know, I wonder how Celtic are going to be here today. But actually, you know, those two are not required. It was, Craig, no, it was, it was, it was thought, an exhilarating performance. I thought, Sean, to be honest, I, I thought it was potentially a, a banana skin for for Celtic, but the way that they yeah, res- yeah. the, the way that they responded, uh, because you know what it's like when you're playing the Sunday after, um, you know, Rangers got their result on Saturday. There is that little bit of pressure to go out and get your your, your result. A couple of injuries, um, you know. That I think everybody was thinking that kind of, you know, it's going to affect the strength of our team. But to go and be as convincing as as what Celtic were um, on that particular day, well, it was fantastic. Sean, I want to ask you a question. The Wizard of Oz, Tommy Rogic. Mm. Oh, I knew you were going to get into this. Come on, talk, talk me talk <laughs> me through him. What's your thoughts of Tommy Rogic? Simply sensational. The man plays in his slippers. That's <laughs> what I can say. That goal at the weekend, Diego Maradona would have applauded that. That mm. was sensational. I just, I don't know, there was people writing him off in the last number of years saying he could never play, he could only play 60 minutes. Yep. He's playing 90 minutes back to back, yep. week in, week out, and he's getting better week in, week out. Let's have a listen to Ange yeah. talking about him here. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, I do know him well. And he's he's one of these special footballers. Where when the ball goes to him, I think everyone just stops and sees what he's going to do because uh, you want to be paying attention. That's not the time to uh, be looking down on your phone or taking a drink. You, you want to stop everything you're doing. And uh, pleased he got his goal today. He's, he's probably that's the area he's let himself down a little bit so far this year. He's had some good opportunities. So um, I'm pleased he got the reward. Yeah, he's got his goal, Craigs, and it's got it's got to be on the list for goal of the season, hasn't it already? Yeah, I mean, he's now got a manager who understands him and can get the best out of him. And I think that's the, the biggest compliment you can pay Ange Postacoglu because Tom Rogic was, was one of those players where uh, Sean was saying, where, oh, he can't do this, he can't do that. Whereas Ange Postacoglu is focused on what he can do, how he can impact the game. And I think 
Sunday showed the responsibility the players are taking. They realised that one of their key players, Jota, was missing. So it needed the rest of them just to up their game a little bit in the final third with their creativity and their work rate and their passes. And, and there's no doubt Turnbull and Rogic stepped up. McGregor stepped up. You know, Kyogo was dynamic as he is, ever is. Um, he's, you know, I, I said previously, I think Tom Rogic makes players around him better mm. because he's always looking to take the ball. He's always got time in the ball. Yep. He's just, he, it's natural for him. He wants to go forward. You know, playing back the way isn't in his repertoire. He thinks, no, I'm going forward. I want to hurt the opposition. And it must be great for forwards to make runs. It must be great for David Turnbull to get himself into a forward area because he knows he's going to find him. Mm -hmm. And the, I, mean, I said it last week, Rob, the amount of times that Turnbull passes to Rogic, Rogic passes to Furuhashi, Furuhashi passes back to Turnbull because they trust each other. They sense they're good players. They know top-class players know top-class players. And that trio, certainly at the weekend, were bang at it. And I think when Turnbull and Rogic are at it, there's no one in this country will stop that duo going forward. So that's why the old firm game come the 2nd of January is going to be so intriguing because we're talking about Rangers being well-structured now under Giovanni van Bronckhorst and, and hard to beat. Celtic are a different level from what they were at Ibrox earlier in the season. This is going to be an absolute classic, but Tom Rogic is a star player. And I think Sean Callum McGregor's gone to a new level as well, hasn't he? Absolutely, yeah. He's, the man is an absolute Rolls Royce. He's getting better week in, week out, not just as a player. I feel as if he's took that captain's role and made it his own. He's been absolutely sensational. He, he, he doesn't even break sweat half the time. Mm. He's, he's been excellent. And he's, just, he's so under the radar as well. Not, you wouldn't look at a game with Carl McGregor and pinpoint things that he does. He just mm -hmm. he just keeps the game ticking, ticking along nicely. It's just, he's a, he's a joy to watch. He's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, we were talking on the show last night about, you know, it's almost like he's emerged from the shadow of Scott Brown to a certain extent. And he's embracing the, the captaincy, Craig, um, and he is he, Callum McGregor is a magnificent midfielder at the moment I think he's been absolutely brilliant this season um, you know for, for a player that has played so much football uh, and I think you know talking about the back end of last season we're saying that this boy needs a rest this boy needs a rest you know the amount of football that he's played but all of a sudden he's uh, under Ange Postacoglu taken a, a new lease of life mm -hmm. um, obviously the captain's armband means a lot to him Um and he's he's doing an amazing job. He's energy. Um, and when the team has needed a lift for whatever reason in certain games, it's maybe fallen a little bit flat. He's been that man um, that has brought the performance and the result to life. So, look, he's he's been incredible. And I'm also really, really pleased. I don't go back to my Aussie mate, uh, Tommy. I'm really, really pleased for him because I used to laugh when people say he's a 60-minute player. Mm. You know, I think I've said it loads of times on the radio. Um, the boy can play 90 minutes. There's no doubt in that. His ability uh, to, to score goals, to create goals, um, to be a constant threat, uh, we, we, we've we all seen. So I'm just delighted that he's actually now knocking out those minutes because I feel as if he deserves that because he was pigeonholed as a 60-minute player. Mm -hmm. Celtic are serious title contenders and uh, they are playing some pretty impressive football at the moment. Sean, thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye, guys. Cheers, Cheers. 60 minutes of football chat under our belts. Another 60 to go. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go. 
Champions League night and it hasn't taken Kylian Mbappe long to have an impact. He has just scored his 30th Champions League goal. He's become the youngest player to reach that milestone in the competition's history. He is 22 years old and 352 days. So he's got a birthday coming up shortly. Uh, but he's already scored a couple uh, tonight in the Champions League uh, and that against uh, Club Bruges. I hope uh, Jack Hendry's not not featuring tonight for Bruges because that's two goals in the first 10 minutes for Mbappe. He is, he is playing. Yeah, he is playing, yeah. yeah. So, uh, PSG two up and uh, Leipzig nil, Manchester City nil is the other game in uh, Group A, which is uh, currently underway. Some juicy ties coming up tonight. Porto, Atletico Madrid, Milan, Liverpool. Uh, Ajax Sporting, Real Madrid into Milan looks uh, looks a cracker as well. Although, of course, uh, in some groups, it's all pretty much uh, done and dusted. For Rangers and Celtic, European football coming up later in the week. It's Thursday uh, for Rangers in France to play Lyon. As of today, fans allowed to go to that game. Yesterday, they weren't. It's total confusion. And it's pretty costly for some of them as well, as we've already heard in the show. Celtic against Real Betis. And that is an eight o'clock uh, kickoff at Celtic Park on Thursday night. And uh, let's let's talk to David in Dunfermline. David, hi there. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thanks. And uh, you're through to Craig Moore as well. And I know you're a big fan. <laughs> No, no, I, I wouldn't go that far, Rob. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan myself. Uh, and it was, just, it was interesting listening to the, the panel talking about the Butcher's tackle um, at the weekend of David mm, Turnbull. Yeah. I've got to say, Craig Moore, that would be an average tackle for Craig Moore <laughs> when he was in his pump. He was one of the dirtiest players that I've ever seen in my life. Well, we've got Stephen Craigan in the studio as well, yeah. and uh, he no, was, I he... was fair. I was fair and honest. Craig, by the way, David, I agree yeah. with you. Craig Moore was an uh, absolute animal. He was. David, uh, David, I tell you what. One of my first experiences in an old firm game. Remember Tosh McKinley? Oh yeah, I right. very well. He nearly, yes. he nearly broke my leg. He nearly broke my Did leg, and, and I thought, you know what? That's not going to happen again. And I got to, I got to try, try, try and look after myself. But I don't think, I don't think I was a dirty player, mate. Come on. Was oh, a... <laughs> you were, you were, you were definitely a dirty player. Nah. Maybe so, you were only before you joined uh, Rangers, but you were certainly dirty when you you played for Rangers. But that's just what happens when you when you <laughs> sing for them, you know. You just, <laughs> you, you, got, you get into the old John Greg Hurlock. So tell me this was, retri- was retribution taken against Tosh McKinley then? Uh, I think to be fair I probably shared a, a, a point with, with Tosh McKinley a couple of years later um, well, as he said it took him after, two years but uh, he got him after, after yeah. a game and we might have got a little bit back um, and we, we had a laugh right. and a beer a couple of years later uh, so, so it wasn't until you didn't tell Tosh to Put the nut in Henrik, then, did you? It wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I was struggling at times to get close enough to Henrik, wasn't I? Yeah. yeah you, <laughs> weren't we yeah, all? I, no, I just. I, I was flabbergasted to hear uh, Craig Moore talking about anybody's challenges. But uh, talking about Henrik, I was just going to say, do you think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is a, obviously a good friend of Henrik? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they go they go back a long way. So he's obviously a good guy if he's a, a pal of Henrik's. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's got what it takes to win in Scotland? Do, yeah, Up I, against Ange, I do, I do, David. And 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 I'll tell you why because I've obviously been in the same dressing room as Gio. I've seen him as a player um, who, who's 
all, he was always very sure of himself. He, he had that confidence, uh, like many of the Dutch players yeah, exactly. and coaches have. He had uh, that. He, he, yeah, borderline. Yeah, uh, he, he had yeah. he had that in spades. Um, I, I I think that he's. Um, his pathway in coaching uh, and the success that he had in Feyenoord, uh, he's probably continual learning um, while waiting for the next opportunity. I see him coming in and being very, very similar to the likes of a Dick Avocat, where he, he makes things very, very simple um, in, right. in terms of the structure, in terms of the way that they play. Everyone is clear on their roles. Um, and, I, and I've seen that very, very early. Do I think that Giovanni can go and obviously win trophies and, and, and multiple trophies at Rangers? I believe he can. Um, do I think that Ange Postacoglu is going to be in there giving it a red-hot crack and, and being close and certainly having an opportunity to lift titles, a cup just around the corner? Yeah, I, I think there will be chances for Ange as well. But at this moment in time, I still feel that, that Rangers probably have a deeper squad and I certainly don't feel that they'll go backwards in terms of the, the transition of management and Gio coming in just now. Are you? You know, think once you get to the 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 January, the transfer market opening up, they're going to lose yeah. a couple of key players, and it's how he's going to be able to handle that. Yeah, but the thing is, so so for example, Celtic if... are building. Celtic are building. You know, I mean, we're yeah. talking about Celtic are talking about bringing in guys. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't yeah. hear about Rangers bringing yeah. in anybody. It's just yeah. about who's going to leave. Oh, but the benefit so is, I think once the pressure hits to you. He's a nice guy, but I just, yeah, yeah. Well, I worry about him. Yeah, but you're saying so in terms of the, the Celtic being in a position, and just brought some great signings in, and 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 will look to obviously strengthen. Maybe the the Japanese market is is where we're, you know, sort of like I guess thinking that he's going to go. But if Rangers lose a couple of players, let's not forget that the players that would then come in would be players that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst knows, trusts, and has worked with. So I don't, again, I don't see that as a as a negative. Uh, I actually see that as a positive. But the skin, it's only going to be free transfers. If Rangers sell, no. the, if Rangers sell players, they'll buy players. And, 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 the, and there's also the the bonanza waiting for the league winners at the end of the season as well. If you're willing to press the gamble button, yes. there could be forty million yes. coming your way, which as a, as a game, yes. you know, even at Rangers and Celtic's level, that's a game changer when you're Massive. guaranteed that sort of that sort of cash, David. Yeah. How, how much are you Absolutely like? How much are you, how much are you liking, David? What you're watching from Celtic at the moment? Oh, it's fantastic! Oh, the, the football is absolutely amazing. You watch it oh, on Sunday there, and mm. even against Hearts. Mm. For the sixty minutes, they were it's, it's amazing, amazing football. So, um, just a couple of additions, and then to strengthen the, the squad, you're losing guys like Jota, um, Ralston, Anthony Ralston. So, yeah, yeah. So we, if we can just build that squad up more, uh, and the players have all bought in, I, love, I think it's amazing what yeah. you've done to come in so, so, uh, so soon and to turn it around from where we were. I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought Neil Lennon uh, did a great job, come in, steady the ship, won the quadruple treble, but um, for Ange to come in, I think he's done an amazing job. And he's got a good persona, great in the media. Mm. Um, so it's all good. So uh, here we go. Um, it's, it's a title race, definitely. David, I always think that the January window can be difficult to really add top quality because good sides don't normally let their best players go in January. Sometimes players are coming back from injury, um, you know, maybe they haven't been in the side of of the club, so that's where Ange has to be careful, doesn't it? You know, he has to get players in who can enhance the first eleven, as opposed to just players yep. who will be fifteenth and sixteenth man. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Stephen. But in fact, Celtic don't buy top top players, though. 
you know, they don't, they're not in that market for the top, top players. It's, it's, it's a but I'm talking about someone who will improve market. your first 11. You know, who comes in and improves oh, no, but, your first but, but 11? But they'll get that. But they'll yeah. get that from the likes of the Japanese, the mm. Japanese League or uh, the lower European Leagues. You know, they're not going to get uh, guys from Spain, Italy, no. France, Germany. Yeah. So, uh, but for these leagues, it's, it's guys who want to come over and put themselves in the shop window. You know, and uh, playing in European football, and I tell you another thing: we'll go up there and be the first ever winners of the Conference Cup. The well, Conference Cup, and, and, and that's, that's, that's possible, and and it would be a great situation to to potentially win. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree with you, David. Listen, I, I, t- I tell you why. I tell you why that. Um, the Japanese market's a good market. I mean, obvious reasons. Anne's worked there, knows the players, right? Yes. Craig's touched on in terms of how important it is that players come in January, which is not normally a big transfer window. No. Japanese play calendar year, so their season's finished, uh-huh. right? Right. Um, right? So so in terms of their, uh, their situation, uh, maybe a 10-day break, they're ready to go. They're ready to go, right. and that's right. really, really important yeah. when you come into a new club yes. in that January window. I think that's yeah. why an attractive. Uh, I think that's why it is an attractive market for yes. for, for Ange and for Celtic. And, and at least oh, one, at least one of the three Japanese players who's been mentioned uh, recently, I think is out of contract in February. So Zamaida. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so so that sounds like a deal that can be done in January. Um, yeah, because I'll, be, I, I'll be honest with you, Craig. I, I, I don't follow Japanese football that closely. Yep. Uh, more into Chinese football, but uh, you'll obviously know the Japanese market. Yep. Are these guys good? Mate, they're very good. They're very good. And I tell you, look, there's a couple of things. Very reasonable market in terms of it's not big money. You're talking about two, three million dollars transfer fees. So the players are kind of of a similar uh, budget. Um, uh-huh. Technically amazing, and and they're they're really good in in dressing rooms because they 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 live for football. Obviously, cult, yes. culture culture yeah. is a is a change and a, and a bit of a difference for them. But if any other Japanese players come over, they've got Kyogo mm. there, so they've got yes. that opportunity to settle. And to settle quickly, but technically, beautiful players. Brilliant. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear you, hear you say that, Craig. I know you're a closet Celtic man. It's just <laughs> you're unfortunate you get signed by the Angels. But hey, no, that's good. good to hear you being so positive about the pick. What you would say about you know Kyogo being here? He's raised the bar. So any Japanese player coming in, people think, I wonder if he's as good as him. You know, so expectations may be a little bit higher. You know, that's probably the downside of being the second or third Japanese player to join Celtic. However, it's opening the door to a market which probably, whether it's European teams, certainly Scottish teams have never really exploited. I know Nakamura. Yeah, yeah. You know, know, and now you would think the other clubs would start thinking, okay, well, let's have a look over there. Let's have a nibble and let's get more scouting systems going over there rather than just the European League. And that is the bonus of bringing in a manager who has worked there and knows players and, and, and knows the yes. players suit how he wants to play, which is more important than anything. So that's why Aye. you know it, it could be a crucial window. Yeah. I, th- I think Aye. another name that's on the tip of everyone's tongue at the moment is Jota, isn't it? I mean, he's out injured and he's going to be out for a little while by the sounds of it. It's a hamstring. Um, and Celtic are really going to miss him because he's been so good uh, recently. Yeah. But there is, it seems, just listening to what's happening around Craig at the moment, it does sound as if there there is the opportunity maybe in January of getting this loan deal turned into a permanent one at that six and a half million figure which actually as time has gone by seems better and better value yeah well again look the, these kind of things would have been in place even with the loan uh, 
deal being in place, Rob. So there would have been a loan with a view, an option to, to buy. And now Celtic will have that option. I'm pretty sure there's not a, a time frame on that. You know, that, that that's something that they can really take their time with. I know everyone wants to see the business done and Craig, done see, just now. Because you're working on the agency side, sorry, I'm buttoning in, but I want to say, just because Celtic have that fee in in their loan deal, yes. it's not a foregone conclusion that Jota will become a Celtic player because if he says, no, yes. I don't want to go there, then it doesn't matter what fee Celtic have agreed. Is that right? Then the deal doesn't go through. Yeah, the player always has uh, the the option to decide where he wants to end up. So yeah. that is a possibility. So just for Thanks. the ones who think, yes. you know, it's a foregone not... conclusion, six million, uh, six yeah. and a half million, he's a Celtic player if we decide, yeah. no, no, the full package has to be agreed. Everyone, everyone needs to be, okay. to, to be in agreement on that. And obviously Jota's come in uh, and really loved his time here yeah. in, in in Scotland. I think he's probably you know he's found his passion, his love for it. You know, Celtic and and Ange have made him feel very very welcome. He's a key player at this football club, which is always important because mm. players like to feel good. Um, so the option is there. The option is there for Celtic first and foremost before any other club. Yeah, they can't get gazumped. You know what I mean? No, they, they can't no. have somebody then coming and out, no. out, out bidding them no. or stuff because they will be protected. I did see the suggestion today as well that, that some some Benfica fans are beginning to say, wait a minute, you know, do we not have the first option to actually bring him back here? Mm. Because they're, they're looking at what he's doing. And I know Benfica is a club full of talent and that's the reason yeah, they yeah. can allow somebody like Jota to go out on loan. But uh, as time goes by, uh, David, you, you must be desperate to get that deal made into a permanent one. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll be honest with you. I didn't fancy him at first when I when I when I seen him. I, I thought mm. maybe he was a bit of a fan dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't. Um, I didn't see because uh, we've had so many guys come in on loan and it just didn't work out. You yep. know, it was just but that's he's a real deal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I mean, if they, if they've got the, the agreement in place where uh, they can buy him for six and a half million, and if he wants to stay, go and spend the money because. If you get two or three years out of him, he's only what twenty two, yeah, twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. guy, so good age, good right, age. So David, I think that also would send a message to you as a Celtic fan and the other Celtic fans that this board and this manager and the club at this moment in time mean business. If you get that done in January, I think that would send such a positive vibe mm. flushing through the club. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because I mean, uh, I mean, pardon the pun, but you've got to have faith. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. You got to have faith. Yeah, yeah. Like that. So, very no, good. I would send a message about. It. No, it's all good. It's all good for the tick. Uh, I mean, midfield, midfield to front. Um, they just are looking at a, a, a really good combination at the moment. It's it's going to be a fascinating title race. You would imagine looking at it right here, right now, Craig. I think. Like, yeah, I think. Sorry, David. I. You're right, Rob. I think we do have a title race. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I've been saying it uh, for a long time this season um, because I know the energy, um, the desire, the hunger um, and, and the improvement that Ange was going to bring to Celtic. He's brought that mm. um, probably a lot quicker than, than people could have imagined. Um, and, and he's put themselves in a really good position. They will strengthen in January and the Celtic supporters will be excited about that, about who those players may or may not be. Um David, but I'm interested to ask you, my one concern um, still for Celtic is if anything was to happen to Joe Hart. Yes, that's right. Uh, so he has been, although uh, he's a great shortstopper. He is a great shortstopper, but he's, I mean, he's, he's a bit again at the weekend. He, he's, the ball with his feet was a mm. professional footballer. He, it's just like he has a, a nosebleed when the ball's coming at him. How, how can that be? 
you seen it when he just he kicked the ball and he nearly passed it to the United. I just don't get that at all. But uh, as in terms of a shortstopper, uh, he's phenomenal. But how often? It's not that often that uh, goalkeepers get injured, though, is it? No, it's not. It's not. So that, that's just like no. I said. My only, my only concern would be that if if anything was to happen, and of course you don't want anything to happen to play. Hopefully, stays fit and healthy no. throughout the season. But that, right. that that backup case scenario for Celtic is not a strong one, in my opinion. No, I know. Yeah, uh, maybe. Aye, but I mean, who who does have a, a a great backup goalkeeper? You know, I mean, there's not many teams that have that. And, I don't know. I just I, I hadn't even crossed my mind, Craig. So you've always got your blue tinted glasses. On <laughs> you're, you're struggling to come up. I can't believe you've just crossed his fingers yeah. in as well. Trying try oh, to make sure you're going to have a sleepless night tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but, jeez, oh, jeez. Uh, no, I haven't even thought about it. But uh, listen, it was. Uh, it sounds opposing, but Craig, can I ask you? You obviously know Ange and, um, and the Australian football better than yeah. anybody. I mean, was it was it one league title he won? Uh, no, he, in, in Japan it was one it, league title. Yeah, yeah, it was one league yeah, title but, that he won in Japan, which was incredible so, to be honest, uh, David, because his first season he finished thirteenth, and uh, right. the the second season they went on and and played obviously amazing football and and won won the J League, which was an enormous uh, an enormous task, an enormous was job. It? Oh, right. brilliant! Was it right? I mean, I know you're an Aussie and you all stick together, but. <laughs> Mate, we do because we like to we like to see them do well. Uh, of course you, you do. You know, right? no matter no matter where they yeah. are. Um, obviously, you know, right. a bit difficult for me in terms of you know Ange being at Celtic because I want him to do really well and still come second. But that's <laughs> you can understand <laughs> you can understand that. But no, we want to. I want to see all the Australians. Obviously, our players and coaches do really well because it for me gives then more people in the country the opportunity to to come out um, yeah. and do well in other countries. Yeah, uh, he has. I mean, he's handled himself. Absolutely exemplary so far. Is, is, is there a downside to him at all? Is there, is there something we've not seen about how this guy's not been snapped up before? You know what? It's hard to criticise Andy and say the downside is um, that the, he, he, he wants to play the beautiful game. He loves it. You, you see the way that he wants to play. It's an attacking brand of football and it's positive and it's forward and yes. it's great. Is there a downside? Yeah, unfortunately, there's a there's a not so beautiful side of football that sometimes is important also, um, and and right. and Ange is probably not in love with that side of the game. Right, yeah, yeah, just whatever it takes to win, and just changing his system and all that type of stuff. You know? He he loves to to stick at playing football in a positive way, being creative, being attacking. Um, he doesn't like to, to to manage games out as much, where it becomes a little bit boring for the the supporter. David, everything you've right. always wanted to know about Ange Postecoglou, but we're afraid to ask, uh, and and loaded there by Craig Moore. Good to have you on the show. No worries, Rob. All the best, guys. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go. Good to have David uh, from Dunfermline on the, the show and uh, he was finding out a little bit more about Ange Postacoglu. Uh, talking of whom uh, Greg Taylor uh, was on the media conference duties for Celtic today, made his return at Tannadice on Sunday. He was out injured for nearly three months, uh, but he slotted in pretty seamlessly, did well 
Um, and he's been talking today about the manager. The manager's been different class since he came in, and uh, especially for myself, it's been a new way of learning to play and one I've really enjoyed. Being on the sidelines, there's nothing worse, but thankfully the boys have put in a good run so when I've been out injured and it was nice to continue that when uh, I joined again on Sunday. And of course, uh, he came off after maybe about 70 minutes. Celtic will be uh, protective of him because he's been out for so long. Uh, Liam Scales came on and what a day Craggs it was for for Liam Scales to uh, come off the bench Premiership debut first goal Yeah and and being from Dublin being a Celtic supporter you know you can imagine that would have been the dream of many young boys going up in Dublin was getting the opportunity first of all to play for Celtic but then to get the chance to score for them Um, certainly on on social media there's a lot of congratulatory messages coming through to him from from Shamrock Rovers his former club so it's nice to see that you know there's players can still come across the water um, sorry, just Messi's got a goal for Club Bruges. Poor Jack Henry he's up against Mbappe and Messi tonight. And he's mm-hmm. getting beat three 0 after thirty eight minutes. But uh, yeah, you know, and and you can tell by the by the celebrations of Liam Scales how much it meant to him. But just touching on Greg Taylor, you know, the one thing you know about Greg Taylor, he's very reliant. You know, he, he certainly had his detractors since he went to Celtic. People have been critical of his game, but uh, he signed a I think he signed his one year option, so he's got a contract till twenty twenty five. So Ange Postecoglou obviously likes what he sees. He wants his full-backs to be energetic. He wants them to be brave. He wants them to be fully committed. And I think Greg Taylor gives you all of that, Rob. You know, are you going to go out and, and get a better left-back in January that can replace Greg Taylor or replace Juranovic? Probably not. You know, for the money you'll have available for left-back, I don't think you'll get much better at this time of year. Maybe in, in the summer, things change and they want to look onto it. But, you know, Greg Taylor always gives us all in the game. He, you know, he, he enjoys his football. He doesn't shy away. He gets forward when he possibly can. He has limitations with what he can do with regards to can pass fullbacks and whatever have you. But when you know he has a player, you know certainly when Jota comes back, he won't need the overlap. He just give him the ball mm. and let him go and do his stuff. So I'm glad to see he's back fit and back in the squad. And he was talking today about that transfer speculation as well because uh, it has been quite strong on Rio Hitate that uh, and he is a left back and. Uh, it does sound as if he could well be coming Celtic's way uh, next month. There's no time to check what's been said. I know we're, we'll be linked with a number of players. Some will be true, some will be false. It's part and parcel of the game. We we do look forward to having extra reinforcements. We've got a strong squad as it is. There's a lot of boys pushing to play, as there is already in the building. So if we're adding to that, there's going to be even more competitions. It's going to be interesting to see how many players do come in because Celtic need uh, need backup. They they need to strengthen the squad, but also there's a danger, isn't there, in cutting off the pathway for young players to come through to the first team. I mean, Adam Montgomery's had a fair old taste of it this season. Now, if if they've got Hatate at left back and yeah. Taylor, and they've got Juranovic and Ralston on the other side, um, you know, where we're, you know the opportunities for somebody like Montgomery might be few and far between. Yeah, but but again, they'll they'll continue to integrate into that first team squad and 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 be used when they're when they're needed uh, to to keep their development going. Rob, I mean, Ange and the Celtic supporters, um, it, it's trying to get that balancing act, isn't it? It's trying to be able to develop those those younger players coming through, mm. at the same time to play the brand of football that he wants to play and win football matches and, and with a, a view to try and win the the title. That's that's what he needs to try and do. Um, so. He's going to get players also in this window that he that he knows that he that mm. he trusts that that he will believe can help him get there quicker. Yeah, that that that's normal. But in terms of the the balance of the squad, in terms of the competition, mm. I, I don't think that the left fullback position is a priority because I think you know when you start looking at 
You know, you got Juranovic could play both sides. Uh, Bolongoli, don't know what's happening there. Um, you know, even Scales, I mean, could he yeah. potentially well, play as, as, as a left back? A, a left fill fullback in. Greg as well. Taylor can fill in there. Because what you have to remember is in January, Ange is not going to go out and sign another 10 players or 12 players. No. He's going to go out and be selective of who he wants to bring in, you know, so he can, he can add in certain areas. So he's not going to go out and say, I'll bring a left back, a right back, two midfield players, centre forward and two wide men. No, he's probably going to bring in you know, I, I would two imagine three. Four, maybe four or five yeah. maximum. Okay, you think as many as that? M maximum. Well, he's, he's linked with the three Japanese players. Yeah. So you think out with that, you might think, if I can get another one in, another two maybe, with a couple of younger ones possibly going on loan, yeah. he'll want to just manoeuvre things. He won't want to leave himself short, mm -hmm. particularly if they have a good run in, in the Europa Conference League. Yeah. He doesn't want to be asking the same players continually to play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, two internationals Thursday, Sunday, which is what he's done in the first half of the season because the depth of the squad hasn't been there. Yeah. Turnbull started every single game for Celtic this mm -hmm. season, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, Rogic had played so much and then got injured. Mm -hmm. Callum McGregor's had a little niggles and been out. He's been away on international duty. Mm -hmm. You know, Kyogo has been playing every game, went away on international duty, got injured, come back. So he's now thinking, right, OK, I need to make sure I can protect myself yeah. that if we lose one or two, the same quality of player comes in. January as well, I believe, that is a, is a window for the likes of Australia, Tommy Rogic, mm -hmm. Japan, Japan. Kyogo. Because they're fit and they're ready to play. Uh, but in terms of there's international fixtures. Right, all right, okay. So, in that yeah. respect. Yeah. So, again, it's probably not ideal. Um, I don't know what that looks like in, in terms of those particular games. I know for Australia, they're, they're I'm not saying without being disrespected to the opponents, mm. it's not the top teams within the group. So, there might be a favour that, that, that could be called upon. Is that a World Cup? That's not a... World Cup qualifiers. But it's not a, an international window, no, is it? No, it's not. It's not. And if it's not an international window in the calendar, then the club... They can, they can. The club, I'm, the club's I'm told Kyogo's to not going away in January. No, I, that was yeah, reported. You're yeah. right, that was reported. Um, I've not heard the same report for Tommy Rogic at this moment in time. Right. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, what I was talking about there, I guess, was the long game, the Celtic long game, where, where you're, you're, you're building a team into the future, not just the here and the now. And you, yeah. and you do think about the Adam Montgomery's of this world and, and their development. Yeah. But I guess when you think about it, the here and the now is actually winning this title mm, and, and, and bringing in uh, a lot of money. But that's, that's, it's a balance, Rob, you're right. So, uh, again, whether it's, look, it's fantastic if it's homegrown because I think that's the improvement and benefit that, that people in Scotland want to see, you know, clubs developing their own players and all sort of stuff. But when you're bringing those foreign players in, which is a lot of the time, Rangers and Celtic are going to do that, as long as they're coming in at that right age. So you talk about Jota, you talk about Abada, uh, even talk about Kyogo, I think he's 26. Right, they're, they're coming at an age, right, where there's still an upside in terms of value, in terms of business, in terms of opportunities for Celtic. First and foremost, do well at that football club. They will make money. They will make money. Um, and then if you can develop the, the young Scottish players that are also getting those opportunities within that, that's a perfect case scenario. Mm. But I think your point, Rob, uh, you know, does an offer a manager get the opportunity to have a plan? Mm. In theory, oh, absolutely. I'll write it down for you and I'll show the board mm. this is what I'm going to do. But in reality, I've got to win on Thursday night. I've got to win on Sunday. Mm. I've got to win next Wednesday. So the, the theory of we'll drip the young players in and we'll give them 20 minutes here and half an hour there, yeah. he thinks, I have to win. Yeah. The pressure as an offer a manager is you have to win. And I think if you can get the balance right and you can get young ones in and out, young players always believe if you're good enough, and the manager thinks you're good enough, and you suit the system, and you're showing it every day in training, absolutely, yeah. they'll give you a chance. But unfortunately, if there's other players there ahead of you, 
and they're a wee bit older and they're playing better than you, they're going to play because he can't look at that side of it. He has to just think, yeah. who's my best player? He can't look at age. Who's my best player? Mm -hmm. He is. He's playing. Yeah, That's because how it, work. The, the reality is that uh, if it doesn't happen for Ange Postecoglou this season, if it's not deemed to be a successful season, uh, then he might not be around to, to see the development of Adam Montgomery because it's a brutal business, as we well know. Switching across from, from Celtic to Rangers, 3-0 for Celtic, 3-0 for Rangers. At the weekend, no change at the top of the Premiership, still four points in it. Uh, Craig was there at Ibrox watching Rangers. Mm -hmm. And this was Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's take afterwards on uh, the change of uh, thinking about his fullbacks. I think everyone has to adapt and make sure that we are uh, attacking as a team and, and, and we can we can see what, uh, what the spaces are. Today, the spaces were more on the side. So, you know, I give a lot of freedom to my fullbacks at times when they can can go up, up uh, and, and join the attack. So, uh, especially when, you know, today we are only, only played against one striker. You know, I think the, they have the ability to do so. And then also when one uh, fullback is gone, you know, the other ones have to make sure we are well organized when we lose the ball. If you're a fullback, if you're James Tavernier, yep. um, and you and suddenly it's not, you're not spending half your game midway inside the opposition half. Yeah. Uh, you just adapt. You just you, you know you you just look you look at the big picture. Yeah, well, I think look, the enjoyment is still there for the fullback job in the way that Giovanni wants to play. It's just about arriving at the right time. Pick your your moments, and and obviously. If one side's further forward, so if it's Barisic had scored, then Tav's got to stay home, and and that that I mean, it might mean that he sort of pushes a little bit more centrally uh, into a midfield position, um, but you're not high and wide where you, you can you can be counted, and that was that was where as a central defender for Rangers this season, I think extremely vulnerable, a lot of space outside you, mm -hmm. you know, 30, 40 meters because of the gaps that were left uh, yeah. by the fullbacks bombing on, mm. um, so so again they will still have the opportunity to get involved in the attacking side side of the game. But most importantly, the attacking players, the you know, the the, the Kents, the Hadjis, the Roofs, the Sakalas, they're going to be like that. They're going to be delighted because they're also now in positions where they can do what they're best at, getting isolated, 1v1s, yeah. running at players, getting penalties, getting free kicks. It's a win-win for both sets, mm. you know, the attacking players and the defenders. What you would say is, you know, if the manager's going to do that, he'll save each of them about 3k per game on their legs. Yeah. <laughs> because they were up and down and up mm. and down. Well, he must be thinking, this is great. Yeah. You know, you can be more selective, which means you're fresher. Mm. You know, you're not just plodding up and down, I've got to go because the manager wants me to go. Can I go? No, it's not. I'll just back the player up. I'll be the one that sits behind the game as opposed to I'll not be the one caught in no man's land. The goal scored from the position I've left and people pointing the finger at me. You know, but that should be a recognition of, you know, you can hear Van Bronker saying, one fullback goes, other one tucks in. It also means then that a centre half can go in as tight as he wants because he's got a fullback who can cover him. He's not isolated one v one. So there's there's pros and cons for both systems. I wonder if we'll we'll see Borna Barisic returning uh, soon to uh, his top form, Craig, because he he's been a great player for Rangers in his time. He's quality, isn't he? He's a Croatian international. Um, his numbers uh, have been really good. Sometimes in uh, European competitions, assists, yeah. quality yeah. on on the delivery and all the rest of it. But he's been a bit in and out this season, in and out of the team, and, and in and out in terms of his own form as well. Yeah, and look, sometimes you, you can, for whatever reason, um, go into a little bit of a rut. Form can drop away. Players need direction also, uh, and and again, I think that that are, are you an attacker? Are you a fullback? That that. In between, for me, was the situation that he found himself in at Rangers this season. 
Whereas now there's clear direction, really clear direction. You can get forward, attack and support at the right times, right? But also you've got a defensive job to do. When Tavernier's away, you're in. Yeah. Simple. And I, and I think sometimes players thrive off of that direction yeah. and certainty and clarity. Uh, and, and it's what I touched on right at the top of the show. The Dutch make it very, very simple in terms of what they're after, yeah. your roles that you play. You know exactly what you're doing. They're so detailed. And I think that the players will be enjoying that. Barisic, I've seen him. It wasn't so much against the, the, the Dundee game. I think it might have been against Sparta. The quickest I'd seen him move all season mm -hmm. in a defensive manner. Um, I think he still needs to improve Craig's on blocking crosses. Yeah, it's sometimes that becomes a self doubt because you think you know maybe I'm not the quickest or he you know the player you're playing against is quite quick, so you're you're wary of getting too tight. Whereas actually you're probably better trying to lock on as quick as you possibly can because see once attacking players turn and face you up, that's where they want you. So you want them trying to face your goal as much as you possibly can. If you allow them to face you up and you allow them to put crosses in, that's your responsibility. So I mean, you maybe just have to go closer a little bit at times. But if you're noticing that and you're saying the manager's so fine with his detail, mm -hmm. he'll be noticing that. Yep. So he'll be passing the message on to Borna Barisic. And we'd Rangers fan Scott on, didn't we, early on in the show, saying that he reckons this change of management and a, and a change of philosophy, maybe, about how Rangers play, this could turn things... You know, he, he, was, he thought they were going to win the title anyway. Now he's sure about it. Are you sure about it, Craig? I'm actually a lot more confident now with the change. Um, then, then I was uh, in terms of the start of the season I was very confident but then I've seen Rangers underperforming for many games Rob mm -hmm. you know you start mm -hmm. talking to get double figures and, and a trend of losing goals and having to chase games and uh, the message from the interview Tav Tavernier first away defeat of the season lack of desire lack of hunger most recent one Goldson mm -hmm. I was concerned I was concerned I think that it then really opened up into uh, what was going to be a fascinating title race I think Giovanni coming in now has just edged it to me being a lot more confident and comfortable that Rangers can go on with it. But also, job. I don't think the Rangers fans expected Celtic to be as good as what they are. Irrespective of what Ange's going to no, do or what he's done, no. nobody, well, you expect, couldn't have done could you? nobody expected Celtic to be as good as what they are. And I think that's what's caught, caught Rangers cold a little bit. Four points in it at the top of the Premiership. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go! Uh, Rob McLean with Stephen Craig and Craig Moore in the studio. What a central defensive partnership uh, we've got here. If we can't get a clean sheet tonight, we're never <laughs> going to get one, to be uh, perfectly honest. Uh, and uh, Craig's. Hats off to you for when I asked you about Liam Scales and in the middle of the Liam Scales answer, you gave us the score update uh, from Paris, yeah. uh, which was uh, pretty impressive too. Leo Messi uh, got the third goal there after Kylian Mbappe had scored twice in the first 10 minutes in Paris against Club Bruges. Jack Hendry yeah. in that Bruges defence. Bruised Just Bruges Just means Jack Hendry get any kids and he goes home and they say, Dad, how did you get on? Well, we lost 3-0. 3-0? Yeah, yeah, but Mbappe scored two and Messi scored. Yeah. Oh, that's okay, Dad. Don't worry about it. That's fine. <laughs> and, the next question, and the next question was, what about Neymar? Yeah. Oh, he was no. injured. <laughs> yeah, so 3-0. And whose jersey did you get? Oh, well, I, yeah. I got Messi's. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Sounds like good watching at the moment, though. 3-0 for PSG um, against Club Bruges. And in the other game in that group, uh, Man City are trailing. It's not a phrase you use uh, too often. They're a goal down to RB Leipzig in Germany. Schobozlai uh, has got the only goal of that game. Half-time, 1-0. Uh, um, talking of Man City, what a title race Craig Moore it's going to be in England this season. I mean, it's going to be... Uh, 
it seems as if it's going to be really exciting here uh, yeah. and could well go down to the wire. It looks like a three-horse race in England. Who do you pick of those three? Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City? Oh, man, it's a tough one. It really is. I went Man United at the start of the season, but I don't think they're going to be good enough, uh, although they're going to improve, I think, under the, the new setup. Uh, and clearly have already shown that early doors. But I've, I've got to go Man City, Rob. You know, I, I know that, that, that Liverpool, in an attacking sense, are unbelievable. And Klopp, is, is, they're, they're such a well-oiled machine. He's really got them humming along. Um, Chelsea have been really good under, under Tuchel, although they have had, a, I think, some, some COVID uh, recently, mm. uh, some issues, some injuries. There's, there's a bit of change for, for Chelsea. Um, so I, I've got to go City. I, I think that under Pep, that they're just in a, in a streak of form where a game without an out-and-out striker, which is, which is incredible, mm. I think they can go on and win the league again. You know, it's incredible that West Ham are killing them all of them because they've beaten all three yep. in different I mean, they beat Chelsea at the weekend yeah. didn't they they beat Liverpool in the in the Premier League and they beat Man City in the League Cup yep. so I think Liverpool and, and Chelsea will be delighted they're not having to go back to West Ham again you know so that just shows they've dropped points when unexpectedly people didn't think they would but you know to have three top class teams not only Rob who's going to win the Premier League out of those three I think those three will also be favourites for the Champions League mm. I, I, I look around and I don't think you look at Real Madrid in transition Barcelona might not even be in the competition if yeah. they don't get the right result tomorrow night uh, Paris Saint-Germain fine with Messi and, and Mbappe and Neymar you know there was question in the marks about do they do enough going back the way you know defensively PSG play with seven players and attacking wise they play with three <laughs> you know so it, yeah. it's finding that balance I, I just think all three of them are structured enough to win the Premier League and win the Champions League so I mean really at this stage it's anyone's guess because they're all so strong. They've all dropped points when we didn't expect that they would. Yeah. But, you know, strength and, uh, strength and depth and quality. Liverpool going forward are just a joy to watch. Really ah, are. brilliant. But it's only coming out of those. I know West Ham, you touch on, and, and Moyes has done it. Mm. Uh, he's done an incredible yeah. no, job. Listen, really West Ham, but I'm just saying that you know, they're a club who are upsetting the odds. And, yeah, and, and massively. Beating teams, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, he's, he's done a, an amazing an amazing job, but the, the winner's coming out of those three teams. Yeah. yeah, just looking at the Liverpool team that's lining up in Milan tonight and, uh, you know, much changed uh, would be one description uh, for it. No Andy Robertson and a lot of the, the big names are missing tonight. And that's going to be a feature of the European week, of course, because yeah. we're into game number six. It's March day six in, in all the competitions um, and quite a lot of dead rubbers around. So clearly Liverpool, like lots of clubs, are going to be which, resting which their top players. They're fully entitled to, Rob. They've went out and won, Liverpool particularly have won five of their first, sorry, won their first five Champions League group games. They can then do what they want after that. Yeah. You know, people talk about the spirit of the competition. They mentioned that earlier. Liverpool have to look after themselves. They pick, can't be going out and flogging players just to try and suit someone else. The other teams had looked after their own games early in the competition. They wouldn't have to worry about what kind of team Liverpool are putting out. So I think they're well within their rights to put out the team that they feel. And saying that, Mane and Salah and Origi and Minamino, Oxlade Chamberlain, you know, they're all mm, playing yeah. in the game. It's a defence, you know? really. It's a defence that he's... The defence is changing. He, that, yeah. that, that's what he's changed. But it was interesting to hear Pep the other day saying, you know, de December and January is such busy, busy months with Champions League and, and league games being squeezed and Boxing Day before and New Year's Day and all that. And I think he said, I'm down to 14 or 15 players. He what did. he didn't say was, I'm down to 14 or 15 world-class players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got 10 world-class players missing. So I think yeah. many people would take those 14 or 15 players. Yeah. If you're Rangers and Celtic this week, Craig, what are you doing with team selection? Oh, oh. Um, obviously, you're going you're gonna to make some changes. You're going you're gonna to rest some players because uh, everything is, is sorted in both groups for, yeah. for both teams. But 
you want to be maintaining momentum, don't you? Yeah, it's, yeah, you're talking about Europe, obviously. Look, I think that the both managers will um, will make certain changes, Rob. Um, you know, to to give people some rest. Yeah, but mm -hmm. also the the players that need some minutes, I think, is very important to 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 go and um, get that opportunity to to experience playing, uh, competing, because it's completely different to training. And those players that need some minutes mm -hmm. is is vital for what lies ahead. In, in a busy schedule coming into to Christmas and New Year. And still a big season to to play. So, has, there, has there some changes, but not a lot of changes because you're right. You, you touch on the momentum there mm. and how important it is to keep that rhythm. You don't want to get a doing on Thursday, do you? Nobody wants to get a doing ever, um, and certainly <laughs> you don't want to be making a lot of changes because uh, again that can affect the the rhythm. However, I, however, if he does make the changes, I put it down. Your midfield and forward players of Rangers, for example, because that's what we're talking about first yeah. on Thursday night could be Ryan Jack, yeah, John Lundstrom, yeah. Bakuna, yeah, Scott Wright, Sakala, and Kamal Ruth. Mm -hmm. Yep, you know, yeah, that's that, not bad. That's guys we need. Nathan Patterson to replace James yep. Tavernier. Yep, John McLaughlin, Scottish international, two Scottish yep. internationals to replace Alan McGregor. Mm -hmm. The problem with Rangers is they only have three other defenders. Yeah. They've only got goals in Bassi and Barisic, so they're probably going to have to play. Bassi, Bassi has done very, very yeah. well yeah. coming in as a left sided centre. So they're going to have to play. You know, so people talk about dead rubbers, and a game doesn't mean anything. You tell those seven players who sat on the bench at the weekend that this game doesn't mean anything when they haven't had a chance to go and show the manager what they can do. Yeah, yeah. And Celtic will be the exact same. You know, I think Ange said it himself. He said it funnily and it was after the game. He said, I've got a bad knee and I'm overweight, but I'd love to play on Thursday night. Mm. You know, so mm. that, that should tell you that whoever is picked to go and play, it's not a case of turning up and go through the motions. You have got as an individual a chance to go and show the manager, especially with January around the window, I can be part of your squad. I'm someone you can rely on, you can turn to, you can put on the pitch because I can play against the Leon side yep. or I can play against the Real no Betis side and I can influence the game. So the choice is yours and the manager will see, both managers will see who lives right, who eats right, who trains right, who, who prepares for that chance. It doesn't come very often sometimes but when your opportunity comes along, who is ready to take, who's mentally prepared to yeah. take it and I think both managers will learn a lot. And the, and, the, and the manager that has the most players that have exactly that approach, yeah, are going to be the ones that are, are going to go and win the title this season because that that is what's required. The starting eleven players, yeah, that's great, but more is needed mm -hmm. th throughout a season, Rob. And this is as Craig's explained there. It's a wonderful opportunity for players that haven't had that exposure, that haven't had those minutes. Go and play and see in the managers in the manager's head. You see the boys that don't play, Rob. They're the ones that drive your training. They're yeah. the ones that make your training good. Mm -hmm. Because the ones that are playing think, well, I'm playing or I've been playing. It's the ones who come in think, well, I'm going to show you and start up when they're. Training and then suddenly you're a centre half thinking, well, he's playing well today in training. Or you're mm. a winger, he scored four goals. I better up my game. So your training schedule and, and and your training tempo and your intensity is driven by players who are not in your first eleven or who haven't been in your first eleven over the past couple of weeks because they then want to go and show what they can do. Particularly under Van Bronkers with the new manager coming in, mm. they'll be wanting to really show what they can do. So there's an opportunity, and people always say, oh, you know, I don't get a chance. You get a chance every single day in training. Every morning you wake up, you get a chance. Every day you go to training, you get a chance. Every gym session, you get a chance. So the game is just the end of those chances all coming together and getting minutes on the pitch is the ultimate. And that's what Stevie Clark is continually saying as well, isn't he? About Scotland get-togethers where it's a, he, he, always, he always pays tribute to the others who actually didn't get on the pitch because, as Craig says there, they're constantly driving standards in training. And, and, and yeah. playing a massive part. It's it's crucial in terms of having that team harmony, in terms of having that ability that um, you've not been playing to then come in and contribute. 
It's it's so important, Rob. You can't you can't win titles, you can't win trophies, you can't qualify for World Cups if you don't have that throughout the squad. It is so so important, and and you're right in terms of you might nece- not necessarily be playing every game and knocking out all the minutes that you would like, but you can still drive the standards at training, mm. uh, and that is key. And that's why big clubs, big players, they win trophies because they've normally got a large percentage of those players that fit that character. Am I right in saying that Kenton Davis didn't start on Saturday? Yes, so so, so so they could they could potentially, uh, you know, I know Craig's, yeah. Craig's painted a picture of a team. It was a, good, without, it was a without, good picture, yeah, but Kenton, but, you're but, right. But Kenton Davis, the fact they didn't play at the weekend, would that suggest to you that they will play on Thursday? Again, I don't know why Kent was completely left out and, and I, had, I hadn't he heard said anything. After, he said after the game it was just to manage their workload. Okay. Whether he was just back from a hamstring yep. injury, you thought, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a game we don't need to risk him in. We're home against Dundee. That's not being disrespectful to Dundee, but that's mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's the reason why he done it. He yeah. had enough talent to go and win the game, and Stephen Davis at 36 has probably played more minutes this season than what most anticipated. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he sees an opportunity to take him out, let him a few days to recover, because they've got six games mm-hmm. after Thursday. There's six games up until the 2nd of January, and he will want to make sure he's got a fully fit squad. He's not going to risk anybody. It's a fascinating time, isn't it? Going into these European games, going into the weekend as well. Hearts against Rangers um, is one that gets you thinking. It may be an acid test for Hearts. It's a massive game for Rangers. Rangers and Celtic at the moment just keep on winning. Yep. Some Celtic playing catch-up. Uh, usually Rangers have been playing before them. Um, but it's hard to pick at the moment, isn't it? And we've got that transfer window, Craig, not far around the corner, which could change things again. Well, potentially could change things again for Hearts. Uh, in terms of mm, you know a, lot, yeah. a bit of speculation about yeah. about yeah. Suter and, and what have you, but look, Hearts have, Hearts have been incredible this season. Um, as another great opportunity for them to test themselves against Rangers. This is no no easy game. Rangers will need to be at their very best. Um, that's going to be a real contest. Um, and and I expect Celtic just to um, to actually be quite comfortable. If I'm honest, yeah. it's a home game against Motherwell, I believe. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Huh? Craig's you, you, you obviously haven't watched a lot of Motherwell recently uh, Craig. <laughs> or, or maybe he well, has they've lost one in five they've been the Easter Road should have beat Hibs at the weekend to be fair the amount of chances they created they should have beat Hibs they battered Dundee United they won a Pataudry they beat Hearts at home yeah. so. but what about Dundee away well we're all in a bad game then again we're all in a bad game that wasn't the way we okay. wanted to end exactly. the show with you, hurt, with, you, with you hurting Craig's feelings <laughs> <laughs> that, that really wasn't the way we wanted it all to end Craig thanks and Craig's as well we're back uh, tomorrow you knew that anyway it's going to be Barry Ferguson and John Hartson with myself live at five where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi well the taxi centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers Skoda Kia Toyota Mercedes Nissan Ford Hyundai you name it they've got saloons MPVs estates minibuses prestige cars the lot all under one roof ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK with taxi trade exclusive discounts flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.